0: Welcome to the Thunder Sports Report. I'm Rusty Lindsay, joined with Abram Erickson, we will be your host for this podcast that is available through the Wheaton Athletics Department. Uh, and Abram, you are a senior at Wheaton. Uh, why don't you go ahead and give people a little bit of a background about yourself. And, and obviously, they know your voice from a lot of WTSN broadcasts, but kind of help them get to know you a little bit more.
1: Yeah, of course. i excited to be here uh, alongside you, Rusty. And um, you're right. I'm a senior here at Wheaton. I'm a communication major. Um, I'm from West Michigan and yeah, I'm, I'm more used to, of course, um, broadcasting things live on the Wheaton Thunder Sports Network, but excited for this opportunity. Um, in terms of being on campus, I'm a, also a member of the track team. Um, I've done some stuff with orientation committee here, um, that we finished up this, um, at the beginning of the semester. So, um, excited to be a part of the uh, the Thunder Sports Report, and we're looking forward to um, an interesting semester, of course, without sports like we normally know them. So um, I'm sure we're all kind of rolling with the punches here, but um, excited for it, of course, the chance that we still get to meet and talk uh, to some people here around Wheaton Athletics. a uh, really exciting opportunity for me and just happy to be a part of it.
2: Yeah,
0: this is this is an exciting adventure for us because this will be the first official podcast through the Wheaton Athletics department, and uh, obviously we we owe a debt of gratitude to Dan Balow, who is the original host of the Thunder Sports Report, who um, many years ago started doing interviews with Wheaton Athletic or Wheaton athletes, and and uh, you can probably still find some of them on the Wheaton we- Athletics website. Uh, but Dan Balow was re- was really in a lot of ways the original podcast host uh for the thunder sports report and as things digitized uh we're happy to to bring it back and uh and get a chance to talk every every week to two weeks and and kind of figure out uh where the landscape is obviously like you mentioned this fall is a lot of uh rolling with the punches and uh it seems to to change hourly at times and and certainly daily but uh, leaves a, a lot to uh, be updated as we as we kind of figure out what this fall looks like without sports uh, on the docket for us here uh, in the CCIW.
1: Yeah, and I think Rusty, like you mentioned, it's it's been so interesting to be you know somewhat on the outside, kind of looking in here um, at just the process of sports. And you're the one that's got the um, more insider knowledge. I've kind of been relying on you to get some of that, but just hearing things even from fellow athletes and and friends around Wheaton um, all through the spring when we got sent home all through the summer. These have been questions, you know, is there going to be a sports season? Is there not? And I feel like that question, even the answer to that, the the most basic simple question that we've had this whole time has gone back and forth so many times. So, um, you know, getting on campus now, kind of having the reality set in um, that we will not be having a normal fall season like we thought, um, of course, really, really, a blow to a lot of students. Um, but I think we're adjusting in ways that are good. And um, But no, minute-to-minute changes have become the new normal, uh, I think, for everyone, athletes, non-athletes, uh, students and, and faculty and staff here at Wheaton. We're, we're all kind of in the same boat on that one.
0: Yeah, you you obviously, with experience as a member of the track team, kind of can relate to what a lot of these fall athletes go through. You guys had it come down very quickly when the hammer dropped uh, during spring break last year and spring sports had the plug pulled really before they could get into the heart of their season. So uh, if, you, if you can kind of recall what that was like coming back uh, from spring break and all of a sudden having to move out, uh, I'm sure it's something that these fall athletes probably can relate a lot to.
1: Yeah, of course. That was really just kind of a bizarre time we had. Just recently, um, before being sent home, um, or before going home for spring break, and then finding out that we would be staying home, um, had just competed at the indoor conference meet. Um, you know, really had a successful time there, both um, with our men's and women's teams, as well as some of our individual male and female athletes. Um, and of course, that part of the indoor season was going to continue as we were having a couple of people compete at higher levels. Um, those were kind of taken away all of our possibility for a normal outdoor season was taken away. Um, things kind of began flying around, um, rumors, I guess that, that turned out to be true that we weren't going to be coming back and weren't going to be having a season. Um, I remember hearing about those first, just kind of through, um, you know, texting with other people on the team or team group chats and things like that. Um, but then we ultimately did get the email from coach Bradley, letting us know that we wouldn't be coming back. And of course, again, just, um, really, really, a Tough news to hear um, at that point, especially because we had some athletes that we were really excited for in finishing up the indoor season and, and of course, hadn't even gotten to really think fully about our outdoor season yet. Um, one that was looking promising for us, specifically on the track team, but um, I know that a lot of our spring sports programs and athletes felt the same way.
0: Yeah, it, it really, when, when we're able to look back on it now, uh, that... Essentially, a forty-eight hour stretch from about the time the NBA shut down following Rudy Gobert positive, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden the conference tournaments pulled the plug. Really, a monumental forty-eight hours there that the ball just got rolling so fast, and at that point you could kind of see the writing on the wall. But looking at how this fall has unfolded, it, it this was much more of a it appeared to be more of a slow burn where. It looked like through a lot of the summer there was there was some momentum towards possibly mm-hmm. b- being able to to maybe pull this off before uh, ultimately once the MAC decided and and the Big Ten and Pac Ten or Pac Twelve followed that once again kind of the writing was on the wall for especially our level here in Division Three.
1: Yeah, and I I think that's one thing that's been really interesting, kind of following the whole you know academically as well as athletically. The way that we followed other larger entities um you know whether that just be wheaton here as a school um, following larger institutions or um you know us within the cciw and within cn and within the ncaa um it's it's when you start to hear that news about some of the bigger schools making some decisions that you know that very quickly things are going to be trickling down and that's how it felt about canceling school or going fully remote originally is i remember one day I, I didn't hear anything. There was it, it was completely normal. Um, the next day I hear that Harvard is closing. And then within 24 hours of that, we were closed as well. And it felt the same way um, when we were sent home for sports for spring. But like you said, the fall, um, or knowing about the fall season felt much more gradual. We were getting continual updates as students just from um, the administration here at school, um, talking about what fall was going to look like. Um, just being in person here at school and they had made a final determination on that at some point which was obviously exciting Um, but even when we got the notice that we would be coming back for sure there was still a delay until we knew about sports and so um, I remember them saying just stay tuned for any more information and then of course um, like you said some of the other conferences began to kind of topple and then um, we ultimately got the news uh, at some point there in the middle of the summer and um, we were certainly optimistic at points and, and looking forward to it but um, that reality kind of hit us. And and then as we've gotten on campus, I think it's been really interesting to see how students have reacted to that. But we've still got, you know, athletes out here practicing in, in totally different ways. Um, and, and even just walking past, you know, McCully or, or Bean Stadium has really looked so much different than things look in the past. Um, but I think we're adjusting well.
0: Yeah, it has been interesting to kind of talk to those fall coaches and athletes, be, because it's it's a little bit of treating this almost like the spring season they may not have gotten, where you're pr- hopefully preparing yourself for, uh, well, hopefully there's some optimism that, that that those seasons will be able to maybe roll back around in the spring, but um, there's also the uncertainty of you want to keep your athletes sh- sharp, but what? Are, how do you kind of push the throttle towards a season that doesn't have a, a, a set start date yet?
1: yeah I think that's a tension that a lot of athletes and coaches and are going to feel um throughout the fall um it's finding motivation to get better um to prepare while also um i think trying to stay realistic and knowing that we really don't even know what what you know the spring could look like in the future or what winter looks like and um so I think one thing are just we're grateful to be out there that's certainly you know a great thing um <laughs> Practices with masks and with social distancing is is so much different than we're used to doing things and um, for all all teams and all sports. Um, but I, I think you're really right, Rusty, that um, it's, it's a really big balance and it just feels like kind of a tension holding things in both hands right now of, of what does good preparation look like um, for a season that may or may not be. Yeah, and and
0: certainly you start to feel that tangibly as we're used to spending Labor Day weekend with full schedule of home football game, and and uh, obviously they would have been on the road this year, but you've got what would have been the Bob Batista tournaments, and mm-hmm. uh, that that's always kind of an event you circle as as a student, and that first game always always tends to bring a packed house to. Uh, to Joe Bean Stadium, and, and there it sat empty on Friday and, and Saturday night. And you start to, even as you're watching what events are happening in, in bubbles uh, kind of around the country, that it's certainly, e- we, even when we're, I think we're able to get back to the field, we'll have a very different feel uh, and look to what we're used to having here.
1: Yeah, completely, completely agree. And that's one thing I thought about this weekend is, you know, um, we were just, On campus, of course, for for Labor Day weekend. And it's um, just really been incredible to be a part of some of these tournaments that you talked about, the Bob Baptista and others um, here at the beginning of the school year. And just being able to be a part of that um, on the broadcasting front the last couple of years has been just so much fun. And and those those nights and days are really a blast and kind of feel like a kickoff to the year, or at least have begun to feel that way for me. Um, And I think a lot of students feel that way. Like you said, some of our just most packed nights um, in in the stadium, just some really high energy moments. Um, and, and it's one thing that I think really helps the student body kind of feel like the year starting, it it, it really kicks things off. And um, so disappointing to not have that happen, um, you know, this weekend and, and disappointing that that's not going to be a reality. Um, but like you said, kind of watching around other places, interesting to see how when we do come back how that's going to be different. You know, um, maybe these are conversations that are too far in advance to even think about, but we don't really know at this point what fans will look like and things like that. I mean, I was at one point thinking during the summer um, that if sports did happen, it would be unlikely that we would be able to have fans, which means all of a sudden now we've got a lot more people tuning into our live streams than we probably normally would. And, you know, students are now accessing that way rather than just getting down to the field like they normally would to attend the game. So how does that change, you know, the way sports are kind of seen on campus, the way school pride or just, um, you know, school spirit uh, changes? Is that different watching it online than watching it in person? I think it definitely is. So things that were bouncing around in my own head, and certainly we're all thinking about as we watch, you know, the NBA in the bubble and we watch, you know, and the NFL starting up here quickly um, and, and some other college things too. So, those will all be interesting to watch, and I think we'll be eager to begin and, and start to figure out what that will look like for us when we can, but um, still really just so uncertain as to what that will even look like.
0: Right. Certain, certainly abstract because, like you said, there's there's really no clarity to what that's going to look like when teams are able to, to get back on the field. And I think as we get some clarity uh, moving forward, we'll be able to have a better uh, fleshed-out conversation on those things. But you look at, especially this fall, and, and what, what was available for a lot of these athletes is you had two teams with very real national championship aspirations with, uh, not just the football team who obviously were ranked, uh, second in, uh, one preseason top 25 and were a consensus top 10 pick, uh, after last mm-hmm. year's team and returning a, a very impressive number of, uh, fifth year seniors and a lot of the, the skill and production from last year's team. But you also had a women's soccer team who, Made made a deep tournament run yet again uh, on the back of youth and battling through injuries that uh, they return uh, healthy and and as deep as as they've been in a long time with with aspirations of of being the team that that climbs the mountain again um, and gets it's the team's fourth uh, national championship. So, and then you you have a, you had a, a youth movement in men's soccer and, and volleyball last year that you saw those groups mature that there was a lot of a lot of high aspirations for, for these groups that would be competing this fall.
1: The one thing that I was keying on is I was thinking about some of these teams and what it meant to lose this part of the season was the youth, like you talked about and how we got sneak peeks um, of just snippets of really great, um, you know, young players and just young teams in general across many of the different sports um, last fall that, that made us really excited for the the year ahead. And so um, you talk about that in men's soccer that was something that was especially prevalent um, you know a lot of freshmen getting playing time um, a lot of sophomores as well a team that really looked like it was going to build off of this young core that have come in in the last two years um, you talked about volleyball as well and then of course football and women's soccer two teams that have been great and we're just looking to build on that we weren't there was no letdown that seemed to be inside it it looked to only um, get better at least that was you know the hope and and the, I think the legitimate um you know opportunity that both of those teams had so um to be missing all of those sports seasons but especially some of those that we were looking for um you know more out of a team than we had seen in the past just due to um, athletes maturing um, was going to be really really exciting to see and then two teams that you spoke about that were just so poised um it seemed to be on the edge of of something really special this season
0: yeah and we'll kind of dive into the football aspect here because our guest uh, on the podcast this week is head football coach Jesse Scott. And uh, J- Jesse's been put through the gauntlet with his team never having been able to take the field. Uh, obviously, with Coach Swider retiring at the end of last year, and Jesse got the job uh, in the offseason. And uh, you'll hear him tell the story, but uh, he was kind of joking with recruits that a year from, from now, if they're still talking about being undefeated as a head coach, we're going to have accomplished something special. But here he's going to be able to say that, uh, but not, not with the background <laughs> that, that he was hoping for.
1: That was not, I'm sure, what he meant at the time, but something um, that has now become a reality here and and just a, a difficult one to swallow. But um, of course, no ground lost, only ground um, will be gained during this time. So um, the, they'll be in that same spot. They'll be in the undefeated spot a year from when he said, um, you know, he was mentioning that to recruits, but um, it'll be a really different position than what they had thought that they were going to be in um being undefeated at that time.
0: Yeah, and we'll get a chance to to talk about that here after after this, but we we want you to hear from uh really for the first time, this is the first time we've had a chance to hear from him from the new head football coach of the Thunder, uh Jesse Scott. All right. Uh we're joined with head football coach Jesse Scott and Jesse, you've been on the job here for a while and this is the first chance we've had to to actually sit down and talk about it. So how has the transition gone between uh, when you got the job in December and now here we are finally talking in September about
2: it? Yeah, Bressy, thanks so much for for having me on today. I really appreciate the opportunity to connect and the the last seven or eight months have been interesting. Um, I've shared with a couple of people that there's some comedic irony to the way this year has unfolded back in february i remember re- meeting with recruits and their families and saying at that point in time wheaton football was undefeated under my leadership as its head coach and telling them that if 12 months from that point in time we were still undefeated we'd be in really good shape as a program um and the comedic irony is that that's exactly where we're going to be so it's been a, <laughs> an interesting transition um Our our team has handled it and taken it in stride at every turn, where early in the summer it looked like there was a a strong probability that we were going to play. Obviously, that started to pivot towards the end of June into early July, and they've responded really well to that at every point. Obviously, canceling a season was never something I anticipated having to communicate to our team in in year one.
0: Yeah, you you mentioned all those changes, and does it maybe – Having not done this before and, and having like a set routine to your season, maybe this being your first time through, you feel like that's given you some extra flexibility and that you can just kind of adapt a little bit quicker and and you just kind of just make up what the new reality is without having to adjust from something that's previously established.
2: Yeah, absolutely. One of the ways that that shows up for sure is there, there's a lot of excitement in our, our team and our staff for the tr- the normal opportunity that spring ball presents us with those four to five weeks worth of practices, were going to be instrumental in providing a similar sort of opportunity to make uh, adjustments, um, to make some, some subtle changes to just some things we're going to do a little bit differently. And going into this fall, heading into training camp, we would not have had those spring ball practices. So if there's a silver lining in all of this, it's certainly that we get some time some practices some training opportunities to establish what some of those new things are going to look like as, as we move forward before we're in the, the crux of a season
0: you mentioned doing things a little bit differently obviously you've you played in this program you've been a part of the coaching staff for a long time now so how do you go about kind of making those subtle changes that say hey this is the Jesse Scott era of Wheaton football and and obviously things have worked well in the past under under Coach Swider. But how do you kind of go about putting your unique fingerprints on that and what those changes look
2: like? Sure. Well, that's a a really interesting question because so many of those changes revolve around what are our COVID guidelines and restrictions. So one of the first things that's changed was by no intention. um, we, We now have to have team meetings with guys in eight different position groups in their classrooms over Zoom. So we never intended for that to be a, a strategic change, but that's something that obviously looks a, a, a little bit different. Back in February and January through the course of the, the interview process and then early in those first couple of weeks of being on the job, my, what I communicated to everyone, staff and players alike, was that the the primary emphasis was on keeping – the core of the program, the same, though we anticipated changing some subtle th- things along the way. And Rusty, in a lot of ways, it, it's hard to capture what those things are. We're, we're allocating a, a little bit different of an amount of time to flex at practice, for example. That is such a small and incremental change that nobody really even notices it. We're doing that warm-up routine slightly differently. Our break at the end of that warm-up is different than what it has been in, in the past couple of years. Part of that, again, because COVID requires that it's that way. Um, but that's, that's an example of one of those things that's small, that's different in, in some way, but in no way affects what is the core of Wheaton football. You
0: guys have been able to get out on the practice field this week, and has just being able to get on the field in any capacity kind of helped lift spirits of those guys as they're kind of going through all of these re-entry procedures to campus and, and figuring out what their new normal is, just being able to get on the field a little bit. Have, have you felt that kind of
2: be a benefit to you guys? It has been great to be out there in a lot of ways. What happens on what's happened on McCully field over the course of the past week and a half it has felt like a sanctuary. I mean, we're, we're, Dealing with new guidelines and restrictions on a daily basis and having to adjust what life looks like. And while we have to emphasize some of those things on the practice field as well, those guys are able to focus on what they're passionate about and love. And that's playing football. Even though our first week requires that we're doing that in a socially distant way, they're still taking advantage of the opportunity to be out there. They're bringing energy. They're focused on what it is that we're doing. And we're, we're normally out there for probably two or two and a half hours at a time at this point in the year. We're out there for about an hour and 15 minutes to an hour and a half. But they're, they're bringing it for the entirety of the period of time that we're out there.
0: Does this feel a little bit like you mentioned the spring practices that you didn't get to have? Does this kind of feel like spring ball and that you're preparing for hopefully a season in
2: five, six, seven months away? Yeah, in, in some ways, it certainly does. The progression of what we're hoping for this fall looks quite a bit different than what a traditional spring does. And our, our spring practices, not only are we not in pads, we're not even in helmets. Um, and so we've already been in helmets here in week one. In a lot of ways, it feels like a decelerated training camp that's just more spread out. Our acclimation days, in terms of just wearing helmets, are identical to what they typically are. We have to have two of those. You have to have two practices in uppers before we can transition to full pads. And so there's some ways in which it does feel like a normal fall, given that in our traditional spring season, we, we have none of that same equipment. Uh, but then there's ways in which without there being a game this Saturday, we, we should be on our way to Northwestern in Minnesota right now for our first kickoff of the year. And instead, we are at Wheaton on campus without a game on the schedule in the immediate future. So it does feel a little bit spring-like in that sense.
0: As, as best you can kind of recall, because I know it feels like everything's changing by the hour, can, can you take us through what that was like? And obviously you've just gotten your couple months on the job, but take us through what that was like in the spring leading up to the shutdown where a lot of your guys were, you had the WFMP trips, and they're, they're coming back from overseas to find out that they've got to pack up and go home.
2: When we found out that we were going to make the transition extend spring break by a week and then move to virtual and remote learning it it was hard to grapple with all the implications of that just in a day or an afternoon it took a couple of days for all the implications of that to settle. We made a a pretty quick transition to adapting what was our, our plan for spring practices to be virtual just like what guys were doing in the classroom so over the course of those. Uh, weeks of the, the B quad, we were meeting routinely as an offense, as a defense, as position groups going through what would be our normal install with the intention that we were going to be on the field in August. So we tried to adapt to what the circumstances required of us to do things virtually. We distributed programming to our players for those who had access to a normal sort of training and, and weight setup. We Sent workouts to our guys that did not have normal weight room access. We had a a player on our team who comes from a a family with 10 siblings who is literally training with his younger siblings on his back. That's how he was squatting through the course (laughs) of of March and April. So we made a a lot of creative adaptations to meet people's needs with a real emphasis on making sure that we were still ready come August.
0: And then when, when you get to the fall, what's that like then to tell your guys, Hey, we've been doing all this work, but, uh, you know, the season is just not going to happen the way we want it to. I mean, what's that, that's got to be an extremely tough conversation for you to have with your team, but especially a team that's so senior laden and with, with nine fifth year guys coming back. What was that like to have to tell those guys that, you know, everything we've kind of built for
2: is, is on hold? Yeah, great question. We we tried to build for about or we were building optimism for about seven or eight weeks, and we tried to be really candid with our players as the summer was unfolding about where we were at. I remember a call with our captains and I was speculating that there was a real chance that we could be opening up with the little brass bell game on September nineteenth, for example, if we were in a situation where we had to cancel our non-conference game. And when we were communicating around Around optimism that we were still playing, the the general point was just one of urgency in our preparation to continue to make sure that whether we were reporting on August 10th, reporting August 17th, 24th, whatever that was, that we were ready to go. And there was some singleness of purpose there at that point in time. And then, obviously, you, you start to see a couple of conferences cancel right around the 4th of July More canceled that following week and and by the end of the month of July, we we joined the boulder that was barreling down the mountain. That was a really challenging thing to communicate to our, our team on that Sunday at the end of July. It hits people differently. This is a unique situation for everybody who's on our team. It's unique for our freshmen. It's unique for our juniors. But then even in this unique situation, there's people that this is particularly unique for. We've got 5th fifth-year guys who were returning for the 2019 season, and, and this is really unique for them. They, they decided to commit to returning for six more months to to play Wheaton football, to compete this 2020 season with hopes of accomplishing a lot of things on the field. And to tell those guys that it was that it's not happening as we had originally intended, it was a really challenging thing. So. Um, it, it took a, a period of time with some team conversations, our coaching staff reaching out to players, me reaching out to, to players to make the adjustment to that new reality that we weren't playing. And, um, by the middle of August, we had a, a, a plan in place for what this fall was going to look like. And we were moving forward from there. Do you feel like the high expectations of coming
0: into this year and how last year ended maybe made those, those feelings a little bit harder to take? Just because this was this was a team coming in with legitimate national championship
2: hopes, yeah. There's no there's no doubt that it does. When you publish an article like we, we, you did yesterday on the six all-Americans who were returning per D3Football.com's preseason selections, you, you realize just uh, how much we lost in, in terms of the opportunity on the field here in the fall of 2020, and Obviously, we want to be back playing as quickly as possible. And we're, we're excited for the opportunity to do that again. And some of those fifth year guys, I believe, are going to be returning and on the field the next time we're there. And and some are not. And you feel a lot for the guys who uh, are not going to be. And, um, obviously it, it hits everybody. We had, we had big aspirations as a a team this year. And we, in some ways, we have no option but to continue to take it day by day and, and, and deal with that reality and i think our players have responded to that well
0: yeah how do you feel like the expectations shift as those goalposts move towards well now now we try to figure out what what it looks like the next time and when that is the next time wheaton's
2: on the field there's not a lot of expectation shifting um we're, we're really excited about where wheaton football is as a program we're excited about the opportunity to be on the field the next time that we're able to be, and we're, we're going to be competing to, to win a CCIW championship. That's the first thing that's in our sights the next time that that we're on the field. And whether that happens in the spring or next fall, is somewhat to be determined at this point. Uh, but we're, we're really excited about the opportunity to be back out there. And, and we have aspirations of competing at an extraordinarily high level.
0: Your, your first move as the head coach was to elevate Taylor Graham to offensive coordinator and, obviously we we had talked just behind the scenes that you know Taylor had had taken over some of the play calling uh as games got you know kind of one sided uh throughout last regular season but what does Taylor bring to the offense what you, what's kind of what do you see being his unique wrinkles as he kind of takes over the reins of the play calling here
2: quarterbacks certainly have unique perspectives on what happens on the offensive side of the football and ends. Obviously, that's what Coach Graham's background is in as a, a former quarterback at Ohio State in, in Hawaii. And he sees things in a way that's different than the way I see them. And one of the reasons we've worked so well together is that those two perspectives complement each other really well. Taylor's absolutely ready to be leading this offense. He's going to bring clarity to uh, uh, quite a few areas of our offense, how we call things, how we're terming things simply by virtue of what his perspective is as a former quarterback and knowing how that position as a, a critical position for the success of our offense uh, needs to function. So I'm, I'm really excited about uh, his lens, the, the way he views it, his perspective, helping us take the next step forward as an offense.
0: Then you also add Andrew Bowers to your full-time staff and recently have added uh, Mikey Swider to the, to the staff as well. What do those two young guys bring and, and add to your program as you as you round your, your staff into shape here?
2: What's impressive about both of those guys that people are, are not necessarily aware of is their expertise around the game of football. Um, Mikey has been a defensive coordinator for the past couple of years Andrew's been instrumental in the, the continued progression of our, our offense, but nobody necessarily sees that um, who's behind this, who isn't behind the scenes. And, and anybody who is behind the scenes is really familiar with that. Beyond that type of, of expertise, what those guys bring is just a passion for Wheaton football and a passion to continue to move the needle of this program forward. They want to see Wheaton football take the next step and are excited to contribute to that and are giving it everything they have.
0: Well, Jesse, we appreciate you, you giving us some time, and, and as this fall progresses, hopefully we get some clarity on senior team on the field in the spring in some capacity.
2: Yeah, we're excited for, to hear about that. We're, we're hopefully excited to have a schedule available in the, the not-too-distant future that that will outline what that spring might look like, and the challenge to our team is is to be ready, and we couldn't be more excited about the opportunity to be back out on McCully Field and competing again in the near future.
0: Well, Jesse, thanks again for joining us here on the Thunder Sports Report and stay safe and best of luck to you guys as you go through uh, through this
2: fall.
1: Thanks, Rusty. Go Thunder. All right. This is the Thunder Sports Report. Got the chance to hear from head football coach Jesse Scott there, here with Rusty Lindsay once again. This is Abram Erickson, and great to hear from Coach Scott in, in what you mentioned, Rusty, is really the first kind of public appearance, if you could call it that, maybe, um, that coach scott has really gotten to be a part of or the first time that he could speak candidly certainly about what's gone on in these past couple months um so really great to hear from him um and just get the chance to hear how things have looked inside the program and one thing that i really really enjoyed hearing from him about was just kind of the progression that we talked about a little bit at the beginning of the podcast here um how it was from our point of view getting the information as you know when things are going to come into place um whether or not we were optimistic about a a fall season happening. And I think really, really interesting to hear that from the point of view of coach Scott, just this being the fact that this was going to be his first year, the program is now in his hands. Um, and to have this news come out that we're not going to have a fall season, um, uh, when this was going to be his first, um, yeah, I think he really described that well and, and handled it really well. Um, so I was, I think we are privileged to hear that point of view from him.
0: Yeah. And, and you really, you feel for Jesse. Cause I mean, he, he more than anybody wants to get his team on the field because of the way last year ended and, and starting his own era of running a program that he was a big part of both as a player and, and an assistant coach for so long. But, uh, I remember talking to Jesse. We talked right before spring break kind of about when would be a good time to sit down and kind of have that introductory, um, interview so to speak and and maybe get sit down and and ask those questions at then point at that point we were talking about sitting down in the same room and not worrying about who was wearing a mask and how far apart we were and Mm. and just having a conversation and we we kind of pinpointed the end of spring ball and you know two weeks later his players were were back home and and that interview and and process wasn't really a priority anymore. So um, great to finally give give Jesse that platform and, and give him the ability to introduce himself. But certainly, as this goes on, you definitely have the feeling for the student athletes as much as anybody, but but especially for Jesse, who really just wants to, <laughs> to get that first kickoff underway and
1: mm-hmm. and
0: have the opportunity to to get this this next season and, and era of Wheaton football started.
1: Yeah, and that's something that, you know, you heard him um, talk about the difference of what, how in ways this feels like partially like a spring football season. And in other ways, it feels like some similar to the beginning of a, of a fall training camp um, as these uh, athletes are, are getting out on the field and starting to practice in different ways. Um, you had that discussion with him there, Rusty, but interesting to hear from his perspective how. Um, he mentioned the different, um, ways that they begin practice as, you know, starting without helmets and then you go with helmets for a little while pads on the upper body for a couple of days and then lower body again. So, um, I thought interesting to hear from him, how that, um, is kind of how they feel like the season is kind of ramping up in a way that it normally would when of course they're prepping for a season that's not going to happen here. Um, the possibility of spring is, is such a big question at this point, um, but of course, practices are going to be so different here um, in these these weeks and months up ahead.
0: Yeah, not only that, but you, you don't have your full squad here as a number mm-hmm. of students have opted to go remote uh, or just, you know, kind of if with you, you, for whatever reason, have, have kind of chosen to for their own safety to sit out what practices are happening right now is you've got maybe 80 of 80 to 85 of their 115 that are actually participating. So. Uh, it's very different and it's a ton of challenges for, for any coach, but especially a first year coach. Um, but you got the, got the feeling from, um, I was able just to kind of stand and watch their practice. That's a very motivated group. Um, that even, even without being able to, to be in the position they'd like to be in. Uh, right now, which would be having a, a game under their belt and preparing for the Little Brass Belt in a week and a half um, mm-hmm. against North Central, that this is still a group that is is motivated by how close they are to their ultimate goal of winning a national title, but also motivated by, by how devastating last year's ending was um, and, and are really continuing to put in the work to, to make sure that whenever they're able to get on the field – uh, that it, it will not be that same feeling they had the last time they were on that turf.
1: Yeah, and I think that's what's what I find so impressive and so admirable, the way Coach Scott talked about his players um, and talked about how tough that was to make the announcement um, You know, when they first knew that the fall season wasn't going to happen. Um, and that's, of course, really tough news for a coach, especially a brand-new coach, to give his team, and especially after the way that th- that last season ended. Um, but, but from everything that he said and what you just mentioned about being out there to watch their practice, um, so encouraging to hear that the guys that are here on on campus, um, are able to, um, still continue to be motivated, um, for the season ahead. Doesn't sound like, um, there's any kind of lull of complacency at this point without knowing, um, you know, where things are going to go. I think that'd be probably the first thing that maybe a lot of us would expect is, when you don't know when a season is coming or when you don't know what you're preparing for, it just by nature makes that thing harder to prepare for. Um, but but really good and exciting to hear um, that that's not something that Wheaton football is falling into right now. Um, and I know that that's, of course, due to the leadership of, of Coach Scott and his staff and um, keeping these players um, motivated. And, of course, the players want it more than anyone. Um, after, like you said, last season and uh, a team that's returning so well, um, and, and has such a lofty goal ahead, and, and one that's really within reach um, and within expectation for these guys.
0: Yeah, and certainly odd circumstances whenever you've got this many fifth year starters. You, you had a, a, a program record and a national best six preseason All-Americans uh, named last week for D3Football.com. But then you had a coaching staff that was kind of behind the eight ball in recruiting uh, when you go into a key part of the recruiting season uh, without knowing who the head coach is. Um, so those those two areas where you have incoming freshmen and, and kind of that senior class seem to be what's being hit the hardest um with not being on campus. Um so you're relying on that middle part of your roster depth, uh, which which I think will ultimately pay some dividends as you see guys uh make those jumps to maybe maybe move from a backup to a starter, a special teams guy into the two deep those kind of jumps because of the the additional reps they're able to get here. So ultimately, you know, you look down the line, you see some benefits to the long term health of the program with mm. these guys getting some additional reps that they might not have if you if you had uh everybody in, in in camp the way you normally would,
1: yeah, and kind of opposite of what we talked about uh, before, we got a chance to hear from Jesse. Was we talked about other teams um, here at Wheaton Athletics that we really did see youth play a big role in, and and that has not been the focus kind of of our of the way we've spoken about the football team, and that's just because um, you're right, it's been so interesting and and just kind of odd how many returning seniors and how many accomplished players um, are still on the squad. But a a really good observation there that that's going to be something that um, the combination of still having them and then having new freshmen, as well as, you know, returning now sophomores, juniors that fill out the middle of that roster that are getting a lot of time here. And, um, you know, of course, playing football and and playing the games are are things that we want to see and what players want to do. But, you think you have a whole fall season here where instead of playing, you're practicing. And, and that's, like you said, going to pay dividends at some point here, um, sort of like a delayed gratification um, type deal there. Is you you don't get what you want to do, and that's that's playing the games and showing up to the field on Saturday and playing for a little brass bell and things like that. But um, you certainly get to buckle down and you get to practice here for these next couple months um, and, and really still improve your team. And, and to not do so during this time would would be a loss.
0: Right. And I think that'll be the interesting thing as we kind of move forward just specifically with this podcast is getting the opportunity to talk to those athletes about what this experience has been. Um and and even the returners um who are kind of upperclassmen returning role guys and what they're seeing these programs benefit from. I mean, that is ultimately uh what we'll look to do here on this podcast will be we'd love to we'll continue to talk to coaches like we you heard from Jesse Scott in this episode, but we'll talk to coaches past and present, and we'll talk to current athletes uh, routinely and we'll, we'll hope to continue at, at, to find uh, athlete alumni spot that we can kind of sit down with and talk about their experience uh, in the orange and blue and, and, and find out what they're doing now. So I think this is, this will be exciting as we roll out this adventure with the Thunder Sports report to kind of get the feel for uh, what what the student athlete is going through um, as, as they kind of fit, face this new normal, and, and await any kind of clarity for when they're going to be able to take the courts in the fields again.
1: Certainly excited for um, the slate of guests that we are going to have coming up here. Like you mentioned, I'm, I'm especially excited to hear from um, some alumni um, of Wheaton Thunder Athletics, um, like you said, where they are now, um, hear from them about their, their times here as they've been at Wheaton um, and been on the fields and courts, um, but also, how they're now viewing this, um, because their their perspective as a former student-athlete now um, is quite different than the perspective that current student-athletes have here. Um, so interesting to hear their take and um, some connections that they can make um, maybe with these current student-athletes or, or what they're doing in their lives past Wheaton now. Um, excited for all the guests that we're going to have coming up.
0: Yeah, and if you have feedback or thoughts on... Uh what you've heard in this episode, what you'd like to see moving forward, some, some guest suggestions, shoot us an email at WTSN at Wheaton.edu. WTSN, of course, being the Wheaton Thunder Sports Network. And this is kind of the embodiment of, of what (laughs) WTSN is going to look like until we, we get some clarity moving forward. But again, if we'd love to hear your feedback and, and suggestions you might have for WTSN, at, at Wheaton.edu. Again, this is the Thunder Sports Report. If, if you like us, subscribe to the podcast. We're available on most podcast carriers, Spotify, and, and Apple Podcasts. And give us five stars. That helps our placement uh, within those podcasts and makes us a little more more present uh, in the podcast landscape, which is vast. But we appreciate you taking the time. Uh, for Abram Erickson, I'm Rusty Lindsay. This has been Episode 1 of Hopefully Many here for the Thunder Sports Report.